to another episode of Space Flicks. This is another uh, lockdown episode. COVID-19 uh, 2020 edition. That's right. Yeah, today, um, because because everybody's locked down, because uh, no new movies are coming out in theaters, uh, we're pretty restricted to just talk about anything that happens to be coming out on streaming services. Yep. And uh, so uh, the latest film that came up that we were both kind of interested in seeing was Extraction on mm-hmm. Netflix. Yes. Directed by Sam, Sam Hargrave. Har- Hargrave, uh, who is the, what, stunt coordinator from a bunch of Marvel movies and... That's right. Maybe some other action films. Yeah. Um, written by Joe Russo, I mm-hmm. believe. Yep. Right? Uh, okay, so... so Anyway, this is <laughs> this is Space Flicks, the podcast where we review a movie and decide if it's worth the cost of beaming out to space. Um, and uh, and I guess in this case, what we're talking about doing is essentially streaming uh, a movie from Netflix to Space Flicks <laughs> um, because it's already in streaming form. Yes, we're t- uh, but we're, t- we're talking about NASA pirating a movie from Netflix. That's right. And sending it out to an astronaut because we are in a tight spot these days. Because it's not enough that we basically stole their name. Mm-hmm. We also are going to steal their content. Now. How dare you insinuate that we, ins- <laughs> that we stole Netflix's name? Spaceflix is a wholly original, completely unrelated to Netflix kind of name. Aside from the fact that okay. we spelled flicks in exactly the same way. And we're both well, describing a streaming service for an audience. Except our audience is one person, and Netflix's right. audience is hundreds of millions, if not billions, of people. Though our audience may be small, I doubt Netflix has nearly as many astronauts in space watching their content. Mm-hmm. I, I in don't, fact, I don't think they have any. I think the percentages are not even comparable. Like... <laughs> They have probably zero. It's a hundred percent of our audience. It's a hundred percent of our audience and zero percent of their audience. We have totally yeah. our Venn diagram does not overlap at all. To be fair, I'm actually not sure it's zero percent of their audience. There might be an astronaut or two with uh, like a tablet with downloaded Netflix content on it. For all we know. Also, they might just get internet up there in the space station these days. Who knows? They're- Do you know? <laughs> We're going to go with no, they don't. Okay. Okay. And we're going to go Look, if I can't get if I can't get Netflix easily on an airplane, there's no way they're getting yeah. it easily in space. Well, yeah. That's that's probably true. All right, I'll look that up later. We'll <laughs> we'll get to the bottom of that later. What if but, this, uh, what if this entire time our primary competition has been Netflix? And the astronaut is uh, like, I mean, I could take these cool movies that you guys curate for me, or I could just watch all of Netflix. No, no, no. No, no, because we're talking deep space. Our astronaut is in the far reaches of space. That's right. So, That's exactly right. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's like in a different, he's, he's at like Alpha Centauri. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he'll, get this, he'll get these movies in 40 years. Far beyond um, the clutches of Netflix. Okay. So, okay, back to the topic at hand. Extraction. Yes. Uh, let's talk about expectations. Um, 
what were your expectations of this movie? Low. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I mean, it um it it looked like a movie where Chris Hemsworth was going to fight for 2 hours and mm-hmm. I didn't expect much more than that. And mm-hmm. uh so I you know, I I wasn't expecting great filmmaking or acting or screenplay or sound or any of the any of the sort of delightful things that you and I often I wasn't expecting anything it sounds like I just wanted some punching lots of yeah. lots of punching and shooting there was i mean there was some hype around the movie's action wasn't there a bit yeah um it's funny because i do feel like uh especially in the marvel cinematic universe like i think we even talked about this when we did our black panther pod like the action uh is a little like up and down in the marvel cinematic universe right like yeah yeah the final battle in um endgame for example i think you know aside from the moment when all the heroes show up right the actual mm-hmm. like action sequence is like okay this is perfunctory right this is like obligatory um and similarly i felt like we talked about how in black panther a lot of the action sequences were aside from the one in the casino right um we're sort of like ah this is okay and so um i sort of uh if i want a great action movie i had i've sort of trained myself to not expect that from the marvel cinematic universe and instead look to place like look to movies like the john wick series or the raid, or even like one-offs like Atomic Blonde, right? It's like okay, these are great action sequences, right? Um, and so yeah. when you're like from the stunt coordinator and writer of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I was like, I was like, that's not the place that I'm instinctively inclined to go for like my extremely well done action movie fix. Right, but um, I think uh, this. Guy, if I'm not mistaken, Sam Hargrave, Sam Sam Hargrave, or Hargrave, Grave, Sam Hargrave. Uh, I think didn't he do like Captain America: Winter Soldier and he, Captain America: Civil War? Yes. So, so to me, those are those are sort of the top tier Marvel films when it comes to the quality of the action. Um, I don't know if maybe you disagree, but to me, like the, the some of the hand-to-hand combat in Winter Soldier, for example, I remember being really, really good. Um, Civil War, of course, has the uh, famous airport, you know, brawl, um, which it's not, it's not, it's not like John Wick caliber, or, or um, you know, it's not at that level in terms of hand-to-hand fighting but it's pretty thrilling i seem to recall and i also really like both of those films i think have really good black widow uh hand-to-hand action Mm -hmm. so um so while i agree with you about marvel action in general it seems like this guy was behind some of the some of the ones that were you know at the peaks rather than the the valleys of action quality yeah, I think uh, I think he just is quite. Um, he's he, he put it this way: he's been present in great things, and he's been present in okay. like less great things. And so it's not like I'm like, oh, this this particular person yeah. is a can't miss. It's sort of like we'll see. It might be good. Yeah, yeah. Well, similarly, what uh, 
thinking about Chad Stahelski, right? The he's from the Matrix, um, and then went on to do John Wick. Yeah. But Matrix um, two and three, they didn't. I think a lot of people would argue they didn't have very good action compared to the first one. That's fair. I mean, um, I I think um, okay. I I think uh, for whatever reason the fact that we're now three John Wick movies in and I was like, yeah, they're bananas, insane, crazy good. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, uh, he sort of earned his recent track record has sort of earned him that trust. Oh, for sure. And if yeah. you're, t- and if yeah. you're talking about like, he may, you know, this is almost like, imagine going back to the first John Wick. Right. And it's like, this guy directed a movie. It'd be like, okay, well maybe it'll be good. Right. And now that yeah, we're like multiple movies in, you're sort of like, okay, I, there's a certain base level of quality that I've grown to expect. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Um, okay. So your expectations were pretty low. Um, my expectations were maybe a bit higher. I think I just, I didn't really know much about this movie other than that. The action was supposedly quite good. Um, I definitely, I don't remember where, but I definitely saw it compared to John wick. And so, I was expecting that the action would be pretty sweet. And so I was, I was pretty excited just for that. Basically. I mean, uh, similar to John wick, you know, I don't think of that movie as having amazing acting or story or anything like that. So I also wasn't expecting amazing acting or story from this. Um, but I was, I don't know. I was looking forward to like, Oh, okay. Another sweet action film this time with a different star, you know, maybe it'll be uh, so similar to like Atomic Blonde, you know, where it, right. it was just like, sure, I'll take another A plus amazing action film starring someone other than Keanu Reeves. Like the more the merrier, you know, right. I want to see them make this with as many people as they can. Yeah. Um, and I think something kind of cool about thinking about like seeing Chris Hemsworth get to do some really sweet action because, you know, his main uh, his main franchise is Thor, yeah. which is not you don't think of Thor as having this really crazy cool action. He's kind of just like way too powerful for it to be that cool. You right. know? Cause he can just like rain lightning down on everybody. Right. Um, and so I think that was kind of, uh, something I was kind of excited about to see Chris Hemsworth kind of like, you know, show us his action chops. Um, but anyway, uh, do you do you have the synopsis in front of you by any chance? Maybe we should read that before sure. we get yeah, yeah, yeah. any further. Uh, it's short. Tyler Rake, a fearless black market mercenary, embarks on the most deadly extraction of his career when he's enlisted to rescue the kidnapped son of an imprisoned international crime lord. The most deadly, Dan. Uh-huh. <laughs> One might okay. say, one might say that it had a certain percentage of deadliness assigned uh-huh. to it that his other missions did not have. All right, well let's not get carried away, Adam. Okay. We're not in spoilers yet. Uh, okay, so so now that we've we've set our expectations, you've read the synopsis. How did it compare? What what did you think of the movie? Uh, I thought I, it was kind of exactly what I signed up for. Right. Okay. Um, I feel like uh, the it was a little more ridiculous as far as um, the way, like how quickly it tries to shortcut 
like the hard work of character building. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, basically, it's sort of like, he had a son. Cry now. Right. Right? Um, yeah. Which actually really reminded me of John Wick. Like, I feel like the beginning of John Wick, they have some, you know, sort of montage yeah. sort of scenes with his wife. And it's like, see, they had an idyllic marriage. Okay, anyway. Right. <laughs> She's but, dead. But anyway, th- moving on. But I think that's what <laughs> makes the dog in John Wick so, sure. so worthwhile, right? Because you're like... Well, the kid in this movie is the dog in John Wick, right? His, his, his now deceased son... Or no, no, no. The, bo- the, the, the kid, the boy, yeah, the boy that he's trying to extract because he's clearly a symbol to him right. of, of the son that he lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, in, so as far as like... In the same way that the dog was a symbol of, his, of John Wick's wife. The, anyway, the low effort and low investment being made in sort of the emotional stakes of the movie, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. this, is, this is about right. Maybe a little... Maybe even more uh, perfunctory and hand wavy than I imagined, uh, but there were certain action sequences in this movie. I was like, "This is great," right? Yeah. Um, uh, not 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 all. I didn't uniformly feel like every action sequence was unbelievable, but there were probably at least two that I was like, "This is a great." set piece mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um worth the price of admission and so yeah. um it it i think it's very much like right in the lineage of all those movies that i rattled off at the beginning where it's like yep if you want a high quality action experience right like extraction is here for you yeah it's funny i thought you were going to say if you want a high quality action experience get a stunt coordinator to direct your movie <laughs> Sure. I mean, like, I I actually did a little bit of um, of uh, not quite research, but just sort of like curious about some of the. I had some questions about the movie, and so I started perusing some of the supplemental material that's like out there with the director and with uh, Chris Hemsworth and stuff. And so I didn't realize that in addition to being the stunt coordinator and the director that. Hargrave apparently operated the camera for this movie too. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, I heard that. And so it's like, it just goes to show that if you've got a t- person who's very talented at a particular aspect of movie making, like part of the way that you make sure that you're getting the most out of their talents is by making sure that directorially you are capturing their intention, right? And so, mm-hmm. and what better way to do that than just have the person who is contributing that thing also direct that facet of the movie, right? Um, yeah, and yeah. hold the camera and, and have the entire sort of vision in their head. And I feel like this movie did, um, you know, like obviously and sort of uh, what else would you expect? Like a good, a great job with the action stuff because it was so tightly integrated. Like all the pieces felt really well matched to one another. Yeah. Yeah, I I also really liked it. Um, I would say it, it was a little different from what I was expecting. Not too much, just just sort of you know a thirty degree kind of shift. Um, in that, I did think the action was really strong, um, though not as sort of it was very impressive, but maybe not as thrilling or something as I was expecting. 
and also there wasn't as much of it as I was expecting. Uh huh. Um, but I did think the other things around the action, like the the acting and the story and and those things, were a little bit better than I was expecting. Okay. Um, I don't mean to say that I thought they were necessarily good. Right. <laughs> just just I thought they would be completely perfunctory and almost like nonsense, which is kind of how I feel about John Wick. Yeah, yeah. But this but the story of this movie is like no, it's like a legit story. You know, it's uh I mean it's very simple. Um but there's, you know, a couple twists and they are surprising like they're effective you know yeah they're not like they're not like anything to write home about but it's like oh yeah you things happen where you're like oh i didn't realize that was going to happen you know and then it sort of takes the story in a different direction and and i thought the um while i do agree that it was very economical with setting up you know the emotional stakes i thought it did it about as well as as a movie could so quickly um you know, I think like, you know, Chris Hemsworth, for example, uh, and the kid, they did decent amount of heavy lifting in terms of making those like few lines that are meant to do some character development and, and relationship building, like to make those lines count, you know, to make those scenes count. So, um, so yeah, I think it kind of balanced out. Like it's like the action wasn't quite as pulse pounding as I was prepared for, but also the story and, and acting and, and overall filmmaking were, were just, you know, they were, they were, I don't want to say, I don't know, somewhere between fine and good. Like I was like, Oh no, this is like not bad. You know? Yeah. Um, I think the thing that I noticed is sort of like, I think your juxtaposition is a good one, which is John wick. It, it feels like from an acting perspective that they are perfectly willing to hire people who are not good at acting right mm-hmm. so that they can have some good useful action sequences right this felt right. a little more like they hired real actors and yeah yeah like like chris hemsworth i don't feel like i'm being uh like uh, controversial to say i think he's a stronger actor than keanu reeves right that's uh, my opinion yeah i i think so um and but even like the backing cast in this movie, whether it's um, the the guy playing Asif, like the the drug lord in mm-hmm. uh, Bangladesh, um, or uh, David Harbor, right? His fr- mm-hmm. his friend who help who sort of helps briefly and then becomes uh, sort of a an adversary halfway through the film, um, and even the boy, right? Even the kid playing Ovi. I just felt like I was like, yeah, these are all like reasonably good actors I, i'm I, I don't feel like the cartoonish uh mugging that i get in like the yeah. john wick series right yeah well yeah and i think some of it is the acting but some of it is just the style right i mean like the john wick movies they have some good actors in them i mean they have like halle berry and ian mcshane right but they're playing like you said kind of cartoonish characters right um they're meant to be uh, they're, they're, they're meant to be a little bit larger than life. Um, but the characters in this film seem more like real people. So yeah, all that stuff. I, I, I overall, overall, I'd say I enjoyed ext- extraction. Um, 
And I do agree. I mean, the, the, I said there was a little bit less action than I was expecting, but definitely the action set pieces in particular, you know, there's one sort of pseudo one shot, um, continuous take yeah. in the, around the middle. That's really, really good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there wasn't, but the ones they had, uh, I thought were really, really well done. Um, uh, there's not probably not a lot to talk about when it comes to themes, but do do you feel like this movie had a theme? Any themes? Uh, I mean, it's an it's a oldie but a goodie, but there's it's a there's a fathers and sons theme. Yeah. In this movie, um, you've got three sets of fathers in this movie, two of whom have living sons, one of whom does not. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, all of them sort of desperate to either sort of keep the son, keep their son safe and alive and, or, um, sort of make, make amends for a son who is no longer with us. Right. Um, yeah. And that just felt like the, that felt like the main motivator for some of our key characters throughout the movie. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely that. I think the other one that I was thinking was, um, I don't know the right word. I want to say like repayment, mm-hmm. um, or maybe atonement. Uh, but there's a few cases in the film of something that happens in the past, wanting to either make things right for something that happened in the past or kind of do something because of something that happened in the past, you know, like I think repayment is the closest word I can think of for the theme, but it comes up a few times in the movie. Um, you know, not that this is a movie that you really go to just to talk about the themes. I just thought, I thought maybe it would be worth just listing the few that we could think of. Yeah. Is getting hit by a car, a theme? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, is, is, uh, yeah, is just, well, there's also the, there's, arm. I know that maybe, go ahead. You're right. Is, is having your arm broken a theme? <laughs> Just killing a bunch of guys. Yeah. I think is Being a, is shot multiple times in the face. Is that a theme? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, definitely, <laughs> definitely, this definitely feels like a, um, a bit of a throwback I mean, I guess they still make, they'll always make movies like this, I'm sure, with the, with the sort of ultra hero and villain who are a hundred times more powerful than every other character in the whole story. But yeah. um, it, is, it is one of those movies where, you know, he's dispatching so many enemies so easily, and then there's this one guy who's way harder to deal with yeah. than all of the others. Yeah. Uh, which which always seems to be the case, you know, where, which I feel like was kind of like a 90s um, action movie thing. It's like I said, it's still a thing, but I, I feel like in some ways this movie feels like, I don't know, an homage or like a throwback to, to a, almost like I want to say like a simpler time, yeah. you know, when this is, this is ha- the pattern, this is the arc that an action movie follows. The good guy kills a bunch of really just anonymous, you know, henchmen. Yeah. And then there's, and then there's the leader who's his, the only character in the whole movie who's kind of a match for him. Um, 
I think we just go straight next into like best parts of the movie, right? Uh, yeah, because we won't do box office. Well, there's nothing to really right, say. Exactly. I think. Um, other than that, other than that, supposedly, I think Netflix is saying that it's like gonna be one of their biggest movies ever. Or, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> it seems like they they choose they change how they choose to measure a movie just to be able to say something superlative. Yep. Because it was something like in the first four weeks, <laughs> it'll have had 90 million viewers or something like that. I'm like four weeks. That's kind of a seems like an arbitrary time horizon. But yeah. Maybe that's just the one that they did the calculation that, like, if we say first four weeks, it'll be really impressive. Yeah, just, I mean, it's uh, it's sort of more like the way ESPN picks statistics, right, for sports mm-hmm. achievements, where it's like, wow, he's the first player with three consecutive 60-point games, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that happened uh, on the second night of a back-to-back since... Right. Uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, you know, like, and it's just like, wait, that's not a thing. That's not like a prize <laughs> that you award to anybody. It's just a category we just made up. Right. Yeah. But it just makes it sound like, oh, wow, that accomplishment doesn't happen very often, right? But so anyway, I will say, I mean, assuming they're telling the truth, which who knows, but um, it was definitely, you know, it had that big number one in the U.S. for at least several days, as far as I saw. Yeah. So I think to be the number one thing in the U.S. that people are watching means... You got to have a lot of viewers. I mean, before that, it was Tiger King. <laughs> right. 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 Which was a phenomenon. So, um, uh, so yeah. But that's, I think, all we can really say about box office. Um, so, let's, let's say spoiler warning. We're going to spoil the movie now. We're going to spoil it very hard. Yes. That's right. All of the t- many, many twists and turns yeah. in the movie. I know. Totally unpredictable. <laughs> uh but so what, what are the best parts of the movie, Adam? I mean, it's clearly the sequence when I, I'm looking up character names now where uh, Saju uh, is chasing yeah. Ovi and Tyler. And the moment when, um, I don't know precisely when we would consider that sequence to have started, but basically as Tyler and Ovi are getting in the car and Saju mm-hmm. is chasing them from behind a wall, and he and Tyler are sort of exchanging gunfire back and forth. From that point forward, the movie just feels so alive, and it, um, I'm trying to, I, I, you know, I just watched it last night, so um, it's it's pretty fresh, but also I was, you know, like, I, I haven't really analyzed it with extremely, <laughs> no, it's more like I haven't, oh, okay. like, taken copious notes, and so this is a little bit just from right. memory, but, um, just there is a thrilling car chase where the camera mm-hmm. sort of effortlessly moves in and out of Tyler and Ovi's car. Um, and then there comes a point where they have to get out of the car and move through a series of buildings on foot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, up to and including like the roof of a building where they're switching from one place to another, right? And it's just that, int- and then it culminates in them getting into a truck and then driving that truck through a series of obstacles ultimately ditching the truck uh in Mm -hmm. sort of a last minute switcheroo where they're trying to fool a helicopter and they bail out and the truck explodes that entire sequence takes i don't know something like 10 
15 minutes, something like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it is just like one excellent action sequence. Like the car sequence is great, right? The sequence in the building where they're sort of eluding the local police is mm-hmm. really effective and you really feel claustrophobic and I, it's really compelling the way the camera for a while follows a particular police officer, yes. right? Because that just really helps build the tension because you do not know where you know our heroes are, right? Yeah. Uh, which really just adds to the... I feel like a lesser movie, you, there'd be sort of a, a shot of you know Chris Hemsworth hiding in a closet like holding his finger up to his lips, telling the boy to be quiet. And we would know where they were. And it would just be a matter of like, they're about to be found. What are we, what are they going to do when they get found? Right. But this movie's like, no, let's just not know where they are. And let's have Mm -hmm. that be the thing that's stressing us out. Right. Um, (laughs) yeah. And then, uh, just the punchline of two dudes getting hit by cars in that sequence. Um, and then the entire sort of, uh, it's really fun when you're when your good guys are driving a giant truck through crowded traffic and like you know marketplaces and such it's just like three excellent action sequences back to back to back and filmed in such a way as to make them feel like they were all one thing um yeah just you know it's it's not common that you get an action sequence like that like even in the john wick series or even in some of these movies that we cited as being excellent, it's like, you know, if I think of a movie like The Raid, right, it's sort of like, this is a fist fight, right? Or yeah. this is a gunfight, or this is a knife fight, right? And it's like, and then that fight ends, and now we're on, and then we like conclude that scene and we're on to the next thing. This was like, how, what if they were all just one thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I found that to be really invigorating and, and innovative and really well done. Yeah, I, this is going to be a, a dumb question because it should be obvious, but John Wick doesn't have a lot of like really long single take fight scenes, does it? I feel like it has like long takes, like like you know, for an action movie where you'll sort of see a bunch of a bunch of things happen, but it's not but not like ten minutes long. Right? right? No, I don't think. And and John Wick certainly the the camera cuts quite a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's not bad. I think that's perfectly good for what, but um, for what those movies are doing. And so it just felt this felt like a a bit different. The closest thing that seemed relevant to me was the concluding action sequence in Atomic Blonde. That felt yeah pre- pretty related to this. Right. Um, but which it, that one I feel like was was probably a, like a a truly legit single take, right? Because it's like people falling down stairs and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, um, I do... It's Interestingly enough, Sam Hargrave was the stunt coordinator on Atomic Blonde as well, uh-huh. right? Um, so, I, yeah, I don't know how much trickery was involved in the Atomic Blonde, you know, if it was just match-on-action yeah, kind of me stuff. Yeah, I, I guess I'm, I don't remember it well, well in enough detail to really say that. Yeah. I just... I feel like the parts that I remember being like this long continuous take are just sort of like the camera very smoothly going between characters who are like kicking and shoving each other into walls and throwing them downstairs and just like going down the stairs with the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the parts I remember at least, I don't remember there being good like opportunities to cut. Um, 
but you know that doesn't mean they weren't there it just means i don't really remember them the thing that i really like about the atomic blonde sequence that you don't that if i recall it correctly that i don't feel like you totally get in extraction and maybe that's fine is i remember thinking that charlize theron's character um there's a lot of ups and downs for her as far as mm-hmm. how sort of well she's doing in that sequence right yeah i think she takes a lot of punishment throughout the course of that sequence and you're sort of worried for her right like mm-hmm. that she like you i i remember feeling like on one hand she's the main character on the other hand right. it's like man is she gonna be okay like and even <laughs> in this movie like when chris hemsworth gets hit by a car right yeah. i'm like he's fine <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Like it's Thor, he's fine. Like there is something about the way that this movie is sort of presents the main character that I'm like he's he's Superman. He you can't you know like yeah. he's unkillable practically. Um, and I sort of felt the same way about uh, Saju, you know, because mm-hmm. when he is not dead, right after getting hit by a truck. I'm just sort of like, oh, okay. This is like, <laughs> I get it. I get what kind of movie. They're both we're in. unstoppable. Yeah. Right. Um, and yeah. I and I like that. I like that sort of vibe in an action movie. Right. Um, but it just it makes you feel it, it makes it feel a little bit more like a video game, right? And less like a character mm-hmm. who you worry about and hope you know will get through this difficult circumstance. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think, I agree with you. I think Atomic Blonde, I mean, part of what's so memorable about that scene to me is how it ends where the characters are getting progressively more exhausted as the scene goes on to the point where at the end, they're like barely able to stand, Yeah, you know? And they like both have to like rest. They're sort of like standing there like, kind of fighting but each of right. them has to sort of rest for a minute and then yeah, like, like throw hit, another punch hands or on hips like holds up a finger to the other person <laughs> right yeah um whereas yeah you don't really get that i mean they he gets a lot of you know cuts and bruises and stuff but um i don't recall at least not in the scene not in the action scene seeing you know um tyler or saju seem super exhausted i mean then of course you know then they have to rest in between. Right. Um, but it's just different. Um, I mentioned I mentioned the story, you know, having a few somewhat intriguing elements to it with, like, surprises. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the scenes with David Harbour? Did you think that worked? I Was think, that- well, I think David Harbour is probably uh, may- maybe the best, best actor in this movie right Mm -hmm. um and so they took what i think would usually be a pretty scene chewy character right and i and i felt like david harbour did a great job of of selling that of that sort of um a little bit nihilistic kind of viewpoint right Mm mm-hmm and so, um, as far as the actual quality of the fight sequence, uh, doesn't stand out to me, but as, yeah. but as far as, um, the moral question at the heart of that conflict, I feel like it did a great job of, 
of framing it and really forces Tyler, the Tyler character, to one clear side of that question, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think is useful as an audience member that you at that point, because I think until that point, um, he's even described Ovi to Ovi as like a package, right? Mm-hmm. You're just an asset that I am delivering to, for a payday, right? Right. And, um, and if he continues to feel that way, he would ultimately side with David Harbour. He would, he would side with that argument, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, you know, this kid is doomed. What's the point in risking our lives for him? Let's just collect some money. Right. Right. And the, and and Um, I, and I think the movie does an okay job of this. I feel like it could have done a little bit of a more compelling job, but the answer to that question is why should we risk our lives for this kid? Right. And the answer is because he's a kid, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, he he's done nothing to deserve being used as a pawn in this game, right? And he deserves a chance at like a life because he's a child, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I don't think it's, but it's. I, I mean, I think it's pretty clear also that that Tyler is, he's he's filled with regret, right, over right. having basically abandoned his kid. Yeah. When he was sick. And so this is where the theme of atonement, I feel, comes in, which is that he, he feels like maybe that by rescuing, by saving Avi, he's trying to pay for the sins he committed as a father yeah. of not being there for his own kid. Um, which, does that, scene, does, that, does that scene between him and Avi happen before before David Harbour's characters like let's kill this kid or or after it happens right I think bef- it's before it's right before right where the boy right. is like so uh, it, so you- it sets up pretty clearly why like obviously Tyler is not going to be even remotely open to doing that right right because right. he just shared to both Avi and us the audience that like this like my very soul is at stake here basically right yeah well I mean and he uh, it, this is where Ovi is, says something to him like you're so brave. And he's like, I'm not brave because I abandoned my yeah. sixth son and went to a yep. third tour in Afghanistan instead of being present, right? Um, yep. Yep. And he doesn't say to Ovi at any point, like, and that's why I need to see this mission through. You know, like he doesn't say anything like that. <laughs> um, That'd be a little bit unnecessary. But, yeah. uh, but of course, you know, the fact that he sees a child who needs him, who has no chance of survival, right? Unless yeah. he, unless he, Tyler, takes him under his wing. And so um, I think the, that's why the David Harbour conflict is so good uh, because it puts it like in extremely stark terms, right? And mm-hmm. forces him to make an extremely specific and concrete decision um and then from that point forward you're like okay there is no way out of this other than tyler puts everything he's got into saving this kid we're not going to be dealing with sort of the moral quandary of like but we're not going to get paid so should we do this right 
No, yeah, he's he's all in from that. I mean, he just well, I guess he didn't kill David Harbour's character, but still, it's like he's dead now. So right, <laughs> you know, this close friend. So this this the lines are drawn. Yep. Um, what about the? Uh, I guess one other scene for for me to mention is the you know sort of final the final action scene getting him getting Ovi across the bridge um how did you think of that what did you think of that scene uh, good bad i i always um as as far as action sequences in the film go uh it's not my favorite uh, I do generally like when action sequences are able to set out extremely simple objectives and obstacles, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're like, get from one side of the bridge to the other side, right? Like, right. That, is, uh, I, that is good. Um, that being said, there was, there's a lot of like running across that bridge in that sequence mm-hmm. where, I, where I, maybe to my own shame, like sometimes lost track. I was like, Wait, is he running in the right direction or the wrong direction right now? <laughs> right? I think you can always assume he's running in the right direction. No, there was a lot of no. like backtracking. It's like I'm halfway mm. across, but I'm going back to help somebody and right. like um right. and uh and so with that combined with the fact that the movie opens with that bridge sequence and you already know some of what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Um just didn't didn't feel as strong. I mean, it feels like the performances are more emotional in that sequence, right? Like both Tyler and Saju and Ovi are like desperate, you know, to get across that bridge. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, so in that regard, it plays for me, but as like a sequence, like the villains are like any other sequence, like largely anonymous, right? (laughs) Like, um, and it just is sort of like, okay, there's just this limitless well of people trying to stop you from getting across this bridge. Um, yeah. I thought the sniper element on the bridge was, was okay. Um, but, uh, you know, but we don't really know anything about that particular colonel. Um, right. And so he just... Just a threat. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's not... wasn't great. Um, what's the name of the boy who is like so hell bent on cutting off his own fingers? <laughs> I, I don't remember. What is that kid's name? But yeah, Finger Boy. We'll call yeah, we'll call him Old Nine Finger. Um, like, you know that. I wasn't sure what to make of that kid. Uh, because in the beginning, it's sort of like okay, here's a clever kid who tells a, tells a smart lie to try right. to save the life of his like fellow street urchin kids, right? Um and sort of ends with him being just sort of an out and out unsympathetic bad guy, right? Yeah. Um and I was sort of like what are we doing with this character? This poor kid was basically <laughs> like forced into a life of gangsterism and is ultimately the person who will will depending on how you read the movie uh is ultimately the f- the person who finally kills Tyler um do we like what do we think about him you know what i mean i just couldn't like yeah uh, no it's it's a good question i feel like it's almost like he started with one role 
and then they just kind of changed what that character was. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe it was just cleaner to do that than to have two different kids. <laughs> I guess it just it just felt you know, confused. They, they didn't they didn't need to. I, I guess the, the really the only strange thing about it is the way they chose to introduce him. Right. Right. They didn't need to introduce him that way, but they introduced him in a very almost heroic sort of way. You know. Right. He's 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 this leader of the of the kids who's being smart and is kind of stepping up and is taking some action that's hopefully going to spare the rest of them. And it's like, okay, all right. So this is like the good, you know, the good smart leader kid. And then it's like, also he's like pure evil. <laughs> yeah. It, it, like, it's funny. Cause they, I felt like they really missed an opportunity with that kid because, and I'm, I'm struggling to find even his name. There's so many characters in this movie and, and I, I can't, figure out which one he is um he's the other he's the other kid of any consequence in the movie boy um but like there's the point where um tyler and ovi are leaving what seems like an abandoned lot or something Mm -hmm. and they get four blocks and they're trying to jumpstart a van you know trying to hotwire a car and a bunch of street kids find them and like start and Tyler's got to beat up a bunch of kids and he slap fights a bunch of children he like literally punches a 10 year old in the stomach um (laughs) and uh that scene like I wasn't sure what to make of it I was like man like I really thought that they would play I really (sighs) thought they were going to try to play that scene in a way where he was like disarming them without hurting them because they're children right (laughs) Uh, but it's like nope I'm gonna break a car window (laughs) over your face um but I really thought that that after that sequence had ended, I was like, surely this will be a good opportunity for the boy to like question the life that he's like mm-hmm. getting involved in, right? <laughs> no, he's like, I want to kill that guy, right? It like that it, like hardens him into being like a worse criminal, and it's just sort of like I don't understand. Like it just felt yeah. like a here's a sm, here's a kid who gets initially introduced as smart and selfless and then like just becomes this trigger man by the end and I'm just sort of like what this are we- movie I didn't I didn't think of, really think about it until now that we're talking but this movie is really brutal to kids I mean sure first firstly firstly you've got kid getting thrown off a building. Right. Yes. I I almost feel like I've never seen that before in a movie. Yes. I mean, maybe I have, but not many. Right. I would probably count on one hand. So then you're like, okay, oh wow, they just straight up killed a kid. Right. Yes. And then and then there's the fight scene that you're talking about, (laughs) where you're like, you're expecting like Jackie Chan from like Karate Kid, where he's like, you know, like using kids like to hit themselves and, and like, and doing all this clever stuff. Right. But no, it's just like, he's just like, he's just like knocking them unconscious. Right. I mean, I did think, I did think the way he was dispatching them was clearly different from the way he would have handled adults. He would have murdered the adults. Yes. Right. Like he was, he was clearly not killing them, but he was basically trying to knock them all unconscious. Right. I think it's pretty, pretty safe to say. Right. right? Which, you still have to hit somebody, even a kid, pretty hard to knock them right. unconscious. Yeah. Right? I'm willing to give you um, just some minor brain damage. <laughs> um, so there's that. And then uh, 
thinking about it too, like the very end where that that kid does shoot Tyler, then Tyler's like partner, you know, or whatever you want to call her, Unloads. she like aims for him. <laughs> she she aims for. She's trying to kill that kid. I know. Right? <laughs> I mean, she misses right because he gets away. Yeah. But she's like, she's like, okay, I'm going to destroy that guy that just shot Tyler. Oh, what? He's like 14 years old. Doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> Pulling the trigger. Um, so yeah, it's really, a. I mean, I guess, I guess ultimately just, this is a, this movie is, um, it's very, I don't know if real is the right term. It's just, it's not sugarcoating. It's like the action is not, um, uh, it's not like meant to be like sexy, you know, glossy, glossy action. It's, it's like dirty, gritty, kind of yeah dark dark kind of action well the the uh, just to sort of i don't know why i'm so fixated on this boy but like the sequence at the <laughs> on that rooftop after they've thrown a kid off the roof um and then he's like pick two of your fingers to cut off right yeah really reminded me of city of god right right, right. where they're like pick pick you where, shoot you in the hand you, or the foot yeah, yeah. exactly and, and and it's sort of and on one hand you know, I I think City of God is a, is a great film. On the other hand, I have not revisited it in like twenty years yeah. or however long it's been since that movie came out, right? Um, no, that scene, that scene, I like I can remember that scene so clearly because of how traumatizing it was. Yeah. Well, and especially because it's like it's like a six year old boy or something in yeah. that movie. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And they don't honor his decision. Yeah. Right. He you shows. Let's not talk about it anymore. Let's not talk about it anymore. City, so yeah, if you want the very upsetting. if you want the real thing, City of God will destroy you. Uh, this yeah. Movie, if you want the real thing, where by the real thing we mean true cruelty towards children. <laughs> yeah. If that's what wakes you. If, if that's, that's what, what you want. Yeah. No. Um, okay. So My, I'm actually curious. Uh, so you said there were two. I think really strong action scenes. I'm sure we already talked about the one of them, which was the long sort of pseudo single take. What, what's the other one that in your mind is the other really solid one? Um, I think the very, the, ec- the extraction, I think the very initial one, right? Like mm-hmm. where, um, Tyler goes up to negotiate with the, uh, kidnappers and on his way down the stairwell, his like colleague, uh, snipes one of them through the stairwell. Th- that whole sequence of him mm-hmm. of him um, getting back up into the room and dispatching with all the different members of that crew just felt like yeah. the right. Um, it just felt like that sort of. Uh, it, it felt indebted to the raid um, mm-hmm. and felt like that type of close quarters, gritty. You and there's there's elements of the raid. There's elements of like the born identity, right? Um, like at one point, he, like, I mean, I didn't even really think too much about this at the time, but he literally does kill two different people with a rake. Right. Yep. Um, uh, just like, I think, doesn't he grab a, like a mug at one point and like kill somebody with a mug? Yeah. Um, yeah, he does mug. So just that that sequence I felt like was a strong introduction to the way this movie's going to do action. 
Yeah, it's also the, this is a setup that many, many action movies um, have, which is always very implausible to me, but it's the, it's the one where, you know, it's like you have to do this because it makes it more impressive, but you put your protagonist in sort of like a very vulnerable position surrounded by bad guys. Yeah. And like the, and like the tension is sort of rising and like the action hasn't started yet, you know, but he's like surrounded and then he like someone takes an action or, or makes a decision where like suddenly it kicks things off and they start killing everybody. Right. Yeah. But you're like, you're like, I just don't think in any of these movies, no matter how badass any of these heroes are that if you're like in the middle of a room and there's a bunch of guys around you yeah. like with guns yeah that you're gonna get out of there a lot i mean even if you kill the one that's really close to you and you take another one by surprise i mean they're all surrounding you with guns like they all have to be totally incompetent for you to be able to take them all out like that right well it, I'm that, that's that's my that's my sort of novice moviegoer opinion now maybe if i were like a trained marine or something it'd be like no 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 you take stock of the room you know who's gonna get to their gun the slowest you dispatch them in like a very specific order right right? like maybe it's possible right it just seems like it just seems like if you even have like five guys by the time you get to the fifth guy he's had a good like five seconds right (laughs) you know at least to just take out his gun and shoot you it 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 reminds me of sort of the the conclusion the concluding shootout in unforgiven right where it's like Mm -hmm. eastwood can't shoot that well in that movie however Mm -hmm. what he is capable of doing is not hesitating right Mm -hmm. um and that is the thing that separates him from all the other hired guns in that sequence is he's just not afraid to do it right he's not Mm -hmm. even that good at it but he'll just keep he'll just keep doing it until everybody's gone, right? And you right. see in that sequence people fumbling with their guns, people like not really having the like the nerve, understandably, to like really yeah. like gun down another human being, right? And that's what's so great about that sequence in that movie. You like in this sequence um, before the whole action kicks off, the sort of the lead kidnapper points a gun at Tyler's head and is trying to scare him and Tyler's not scared at all and Tyler comments very briefly he's like there's no cartridge there's no magazine in the gun right like I have no reason to be scared because you have not put a magazine in the gun and I can see that clearly and you wonder if there's a lot if that is I sort of took that as a bit of shorthand to be like he has evaluated like the competency of this group right Mm -hmm. and there are just going to be lots of little things like that that they don't even grasp how unprepared they are to be attacked, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so uh, that's sort of how I justified that scene, in addition to typical movie logic, which is like they'll all fight him one at a time, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When what they I feel like movies like like John Wick and like this one, they're kind of getting better at that, you know? Yeah. like I think a I think a probably a very influential movie I'm assuming uh, when it comes to action is Old Boy, which is the first film that I've seen at least where they had that really long, you know, the hallway fight the, scene, the right? hammer fight, yeah, um, yeah, 
Yeah, which was clearly pretty well planned out, but I mean, but even even that movie, if you've sort of been spoiled like we have with like movies like John Wick and Extraction, and then you go back and watch that hallway fight scene, you're like, oh yeah, there's definitely some like awkward, like there's there's some there's some points where some of the bad guys are just like not doing anything, right? <laughs> you know, for. It, clearly for timing reasons, like they just didn't have anything to do at that moment. So they're just kind of waiting mm-hmm. to then like go after him and then get nailed. So, so, um, but I think movies have gradually been getting better at that about trying to time things very precisely so that you never have bad guys just like standing waiting. Yeah. You know, um, including things like, like the, the heroes preventing, like, you know, using the body of one of the guys to like block blows from some of the other guys, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think they had that in John wick too, where he's like, <laughs> he's just, like, I'm thinking of the, the scene in the knife shop where they're like throwing knives and he's just like deflecting them with the body of right. the other guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was John wick three, right? It, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Sorry that I'm laughing. Cause I just remember in that scene thinking like, like they keep he keeps blocking the knives with this guy's body but they keep throwing <laughs> knives uh, sorry diversion anyway yeah. okay so your two top action scenes I, I think I'm with you I think your two top action scenes are like the extraction where he gets OV out and then the the very long sort of car chase sequence yeah. after yeah um I actually really liked the bridge scene probably a little more than you. Um, I think, I think maybe I liked it more than I expected to, which is, which is why it stands out for me. Like it sort of became clear pretty quickly. Oh, this is going to be all guns, Yeah, you know, which is like, eh, it's generally not as exciting as the hand to hand stuff. But I think enough kind of enough stuff sort of went wrong. There was enough like inventiveness and resourcefulness that came to bear in that scene, especially from Saju. Yeah. Who I think like repeatedly like ran out of ammo and then had to like stab people and take their guns Mm -hmm. and like throw things at people, you know? Yeah. I think like he, he, that scene, I think he really shined in that scene. Um, other than, you know, we'd already seen him get hit by a truck and then recover. But I think that scene helped show just like this guy is, is an A plus killer. Yeah. You know, know, right up there with Tyler. I think my, my, I agree that they, I think that was, um, one of the sequences where it's sort of evidence that like Saju is, um, equally sort of up to the task, right. As Mm -hmm. Tyler is. And I think that's in, in some reasons, one of the reasons I like wasn't in love with that sequence. And it's less about the sequence and more about sort of like, the the plot decisions mm-hmm. because it's sort of like man this poor guy was sort of was basically forced into this situation right right for his because his wife and kid his family were threatened and and like we just I don't know it felt like there was probably a way despite the fact that this is kind of all his fault right um for like, I mean, because he let Ovi get away. Well, yeah. Well, that and the fact that this enti- the entire extraction assignment was a con, right? Right. He was never going to pay them, 
right? He was do like he purposely hired this third party to extract Ovi so that he could then steal Ovi from them and not pay them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like it, it's it's very much his fault that they're all in this mess and like multiple people's deaths are basically on his hands. Um, but at the same time, it's like it's a man fighting to protect his wife and child right that's the entire point of what he's doing um and it for him to just be sort of summarily executed via sniper at the end just felt like not the right i don't know maybe there maybe i'm don't have a better answer but it just felt like not the right thing for him right yeah i guess i guess one thing that i sort of assumed from watching it was like I, I don't I don't really know I can't really ju- like justify this but it was at least for me um I felt comforted that his wife and kid would be okay like I know he died right but like he died doing the thing he was told to do yeah right which is rescue Ovi and so I'm like okay so his so <laughs> he did his part he like pay, he paid what he owed in terms of for his family to not be harmed. Right. So, so it's sort of like he did die for his family in a sense, you know? Um, but you know, I think we've been talking a long time. I think our final segment is normally fix the movie. And I do want to actually talk about the plot a little because I found it pretty confusing to the point Uh where I'm, I still don't quite understand it. Yeah. Um, so the thing you just said, right, that he he sort of like hired Tyler Rake and and his group to extract Ovi and then decided to kill a bunch of them and take Ovi. I don't understand that plan, first of all, um, because it's like he is a super badass and seemingly from the way the movie plays out could have extracted Ovi himself. Like, what did he gain by hiring Tyler Rake? Uh, Element of surprise, I guess? Well, I think, like, he was able to basically get a crew of people uh, who who had all of the necessary skills, firepower, etc., to mm-hmm. get him out of that building for free, right? And... Um, and he was basically relying on Ovi's recognition of him as a way to sort of steal him away. Uh, like to your point, could he have enlisted, um, a crew of people that he actually knew and just had them do it? Right. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Well, it's not, I guess it's not so much that, but it's like, okay, I get what you're saying that like he got them to get Ovi out sort of quote-unquote for free but his plan to not pay them requires for him to be able to overpower them after they've done that right like his plan doesn't work if they're so powerful that he can't take them out right i think so it's like he hired people to get ov out but then he's assuming that he can defeat them once well, they've done that i guess but because they don't they're not expecting him Right. Yeah, I guess that's the main difference. That's it's like he's like I'll get I'll get the get the drop on them. Well, and in okay, some so and in some ways his plan would have worked were it not for that pesky Tyler Rake, 
right? Mm-hmm. Like he was very close for that to that working, right? right? If he'd just been able to get the drop on Tyler, he would have basically said like, "Ovi, let's go." And he had a whole like escape plan, I'm sure, worked out, right? Yeah. And so it was like it almost worked his plan, right? Yeah. And now he would have made like a lifelong enemy of that crew of people, but I I think he's like, "Well, I'll deal with that later." Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's fine. I mean, that's, that's, that makes enough sense now, but then the next thing onto the, the next part of the plot. So, so Tyler fends off Saju Mm -hmm. and gets away with Ovi. Like, what is the objective at that point? Because he was hired by Saju to deliver Ovi to his dad. Right. Right. So now, so now that he's gotten him away from Saju, what does he intend to do with Ovi? Well, I think at that point, I, th- I think his mentality is he knows they have not been paid, right? Mm-hmm. That was sort of the premise. They're like, that's why they're like, get the wire the money into the account by this point in time. And he mm-hmm. has heard from Nick, his handler. She's like, we've been played, right? Um, you know, they didn't, they ha- the money's not here. So I think Tyler at that point is like, okay, the child is the most valuable asset right now if we are going right. to like salvage anything from this operation. So I need to keep him, right? Mm-hmm. And, the only, and the only way I can keep him is by running away from this guy, uh, this lunatic right. who's chasing us. And at one point when they're in the car, he even says, I think, to Nick, because she's like directing him what to do and where to go, he even says, he's like, I'm just in survival mode, right? Like, I'm just yeah. trying to get away from people who are trying to kill us. That's all I'm doing, right? I have no right. strategy other than that. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think, his ba- I think that is the extent of his plan is, like, stay alive, keep kid alive, keep kid with me, and we'll figure out the rest later. Yeah. Okay. Um, but presume so he's not he doesn't really have a plan but presumably if he did it would somehow involve getting them paid after all mm-hmm. right yeah keeping the kid until they get paid and then delivering the kid right because i mean you could um, you could imagine him thinking you know in a very extremely mercenary sense it's like maybe i'll just sell the kid back to asif right mm-hmm. like right that's probably worth something right yeah, uh, and so I think he's sort of like I have some leverage with somebody right. if I have this child. But that's sort of ostensibly the case. But then he has that scene with Ovi, and then fights David Harbour's character, and we realize, okay, he really just wants the kid to be safe. Actually, right, and who kn- which is the, which is at that point is when he does contact Saju. Yeah, right. Who knows when he his- precisely he had that change of heart. Right. Yeah. Um, feels like it was somewhere between uh, the conversation that they have about Ovi being a package, and when Ovi mm-hmm. is uh, spouting uh, school textbook wisdom at Tyler. Yeah. About rivers and drowning. <laughs> uh, okay. And then the last thing is maybe I'm just remembering it wrong, but in my mind. When Saju ambushes them and they get away, it seemed like Ovi wanted to stay with Tyler. Am I 
remembering that wrong? Well, Tyler says to Ovi, he says, like, you stay with me or I will kill you both. Oh, right? did he say that? Yeah, okay. he's like, he's like, you stay right with me. I know you, like, I think he, I mean, because Ovi at one point says, like, he works for my dad, right? Mm-hmm. And Tyler's like, somebody, I can't remember the exact line, but it's something along the lines of, like, somebody is screwing with us. And mm-hmm. until I figure out what we're going to do, like, if, you know, you stay with me or if you don't, I kill you both. Right. So yeah. Ovi's doing that out of self-preservation. Okay. Okay. I think I just missed that critical dialogue. And so from my perspective, I was like, so your guardian guy shows up and then he's like fighting the guy who broke you out. And you're just like, no, I'll stick with this guy. And then he like practically kills this guy who used to protect you. Yeah. And then you flee. And clearly that guy was trying to get you back to your dad. So, so what do you want to be with this guy for now? Um, which I guess even to, to like, to the end, I mean, it's also unclear. So other than them having that heart to heart, like it's a little unclear why the kid would have shot David Harbor, you know, well, David Harbor was, perspective. but David Harbor was like coming at him. Right. I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, I, but, I anyway. Ge- but I generally agree. It'd be, the, the, that's that middle transition of like from Saju ambushing them up to like Tyler calling Saju and saying like, all right, I will sort of work with you here. Yeah, I think is a very sort of confusing. Can you at least give me that? That is kind of a confusing <laughs> series of plot developments. Oh, totally. Like I'm- the like the motivations, like who's tr- what are they trying to accomplish and what each person's motivation is gets kind of murky there in the middle. Yeah, I, I feel like I the the the, the reason it is really tr- problematic is because I can't because I can't pinpoint what changes Tyler's mind, right? Yeah, is it like the moment that Nick on the phone with him says like you got to leave the kid behind and he says that's not the mm-hmm. mission? Is that the moment that he's like, okay, this kid is being abandoned by everyone? I'm not going to, you know, like abandonment is like a critical like thing in Tyler's life, right? That he has struggled with having done. And so it's like, basically when somebody gives him the direct order, abandon a child, he's like, no, I've made that mistake before. Right. That feels like probably the likeliest moment that he's making a decision to not do the thing that would be obviously the best for him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess, I guess maybe that's, that's kind of why they needed David Harbour's character to the sort of function it serves is to be that. That's like sort of when, when the boomerang completely changes direction, you know, you sort of need, you need something intense to kind of like serve as the punctuation mark of like before this scene, he wanted to do this. Yeah. After this scene, things have changed. Yeah. Okay. All right. You've talked me into feeling like the movie makes sense, even though I was very puzzled thinking back on it. I think, I think definitely there was some dialogue, some dialogue that fills in some of the gaps that I had just missed. And so from my perspective, it was sort of like he breaks out the boy, 
the a guy the boy knows shows up, but the boy for some <laughs> reason is fine with not going with that guy, and suddenly he's yeah. on Tyler's side, even though Tyler's intentions are very unclear. Um, but it all kind of makes some sense. Good, it makes it, enough sense. Yeah, it's good enough for a movie. <laughs> good enough. That is, yeah, yeah, predominantly knife fights and fist fights and gunfights. Well, and I mean, I think it also, it, it, it works in sort of a similar way to how you were describing um, Unforgiven earlier, where a lot of times movies don't, uh, don't really play realistically with the sort of psychology of things. Yeah. And in this film, the way I described the middle part is kind of murky and confusing. It's like, in reality... If you're trying to do a mission and then somebody ambushes you and is trying to kill you, you'll just try to kill that person and get away. Is that you don't necessarily need to have like another plan right. that's being factored into at all. It's just like, no, this guy's trying to kill me, so I'm going to try to kill him mm-hmm. and try to get away. And I'm not necessarily going to abandon this boy because like I entered this whole mission with the mode of I'm trying to, you know, protect this boy. Right. So that I don't just like drop that on a dime it's sort of like the mode i'm in yeah the plan is the plan until it's not the plan anymore right and yeah you know military training would point to like no you stick with the plan until you are expressly deciding to change it right yeah yeah okay well that was all my that was that was not so much fix the movie that those were just a bunch of questions from dan is there anything you would do to fix the movie Yeah, I mean, on one hand, it is kind of great to see, like, a character like Saju or a character like Nick um, who are, you know, people of color who are major critical parts in this movie and and Ovi as well, right? Uh, And it's exciting to see an action film set in Bangladesh, right, which which is different. but that being said, you know, I do wish that some of the characters that are, um, you know, people, uh, you know, who are the types of people you don't necessarily always see on your on the big screen in America. It would have been nice for some of them to be a little bit better developed or to have sort of a heroic arc that they don't always you know i just feel like so many people like with dark skin in movies like this are just there to be shot multiple times right Mm -hmm. there's like so many anonymous police officers in this movie who are like yeah good thing tyler killed 300 of them right (laughs) um they're all corrupt and right that's how we justify um and so that's that's probably the like and I think that's why I struggled most with the death of Saju because I on one hand I get that he's a morally complicated character um and isn't necessarily deserving of like a happily ever after kind of ending but uh, on the other hand it's sort of like but he's the one that we've got or that boy right old nine finger mm-hmm. is like the one that we've got <laughs> right and it's just sort of like oh okay like nobody's they're all just they're all just gangs they're all just gangsters to be killed at the end, um, and then of course there's Ovi right, but it's a little bit different because he's like privileged drug dealer's son. Um, yeah, I don't know that that's the only part of like I it's it's just another movie that felt like that sequence in Bad Boys Two where Will Smith and Martin Lawrence like drive a Hummer 
through like a shanty town, right? Uh-huh. And it's just like that's a sequence where they destroy what feels like hundreds of people's homes with a car. And it's just sort of like it's just played for they're bad boys. It's just played for <laughs> adrenaline. It's like, man, they just ruined like probably hundreds or if not thousands of people's lives, right? By like ruining what like by destroying what meager possessions they have. Right? And I get it. That's a Michael Bay movie. That's like extravagantly ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just, it's just another sort of reinforcing thing. Like dark-skinned people don't matter, right? And that was sort of like mm-hmm. the the thing that I I struggle with in movies like this. It just feels like they're fodder for you know to be hit by a car or, or shot. And I know that I don't think this movie is as bad as that, but it's not doing a ton in the opposite direction either. Yeah, I guess I can see where you're coming from. Although to me. I think it doesn't feel, um, I think because the movie's set in Bangladesh, it's, it's sort of like, it would feel different if it were set in, you know, America or something and they were taking out a bunch of, you know, a bunch of like Indian or (laughs) Bangladeshi characters in America where there's like so many other types of races of people, you know, but it's like, it's like, uh, uh, you know, I guess I guess Tyler Rake is the most well-developed character. Yeah. But I think there's, you know, there's some other characters who get a decent amount of development for this movie, I should yeah, say. Yeah, it's not like this movie and then has there's just, tons of character development, that's right. And then there's just all the nameless, you know, the nameless henchmen who, yeah, they're going to be dark-skinned because that's, that's what everybody looks like in this country. Right, right? I, gu- I, guess, I guess so, but I, I just feel like... At, I don't know if you had put this, if you had set this movie in, uh, not that you could, but like if you had set this movie in Miami and it was a bunch of like mm-hmm. white people being shot, I just don't know that it, like, I just feel like there's something about that that people would be like, oh, well that's, that's problematic. Right. And it's like, well, it's problematic no matter, no matter what, I guess. Mm. Right. Um, and so at any rate, it's, it's a minor point. This is, this is largely like, wouldn't not a movie that is designed to solve like you know racial dynamics in the world in 2020 this is a movie about no. like chris hemsworth doing some like doing all the different action things right yeah well it seems like i mean i guess not to not to spend too much time on this point but it's it seems like maybe you could also have addressed the concern that you're raising if if the main character weren't Chris Hemsworth, if it were, uh, you know, another, uh, somebody who looks more like Saju. Right. 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 If yeah. it just were an all, you know, all dark skinned cast. Yeah. Like, yes. Right. We, we don't even have to think about the racial politics of a movie like the raid. Right. Yeah. Because Cause the good guys and the bad guys all look like, you know, they all look, look the same, right. Like the same ethnicity. Right. Right. Um, okay, so that's one thing you do to fix the movie. Um, I think, I don't think I really have a ton else that I would say. I mean, you know, just sort of generic stuff, like a little bit more of the character development, probably just like develop, develop the complexities of these characters a little bit more. And then, um, 
for me, it would be like a little more action too. I don't know how you do both of those things without just making the movie longer, Yeah, which you probably don't need to do. Cause I think it's like two hours long. Um, but I wonder, I'm curious, do you agree with me at all that it felt like there was like a little bit less action than you were expecting or was there just as much action as you were expecting? Uh, I didn't feel like I was lack, like it was lacking for me. Uh, there were okay. certain sequences where I was like, this is not the action sequence that I would have picked. Right. Mm. Like, um, especially the fight with the boys in the alley. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is not what I want. Right. You like you spent yeah. multiple nights shooting this, right? Like to watch Chris Hemsworth beat up children right and i was mm-hmm. like that's not what i signed that's not why i popped this movie in the player figuratively speaking okay um so that the quantity of action was not it's about right yeah and and the conclusion like the the bridge sequence um just sort of had that same kind of air that lots of closing action sequences do which is like we're all exhausted and we haven't we've already gone as big as we possibly can go and so there's nowhere to go and so we're just gonna like the music's gonna be loud and the emotion is gonna be high but the actual quality of the action sequence is not like nearly as well thought through or intentional as some of the earlier bits yeah it's true that the closing action sequence is almost never the strongest one which is interesting i feel i say that without putting much thought into it but it feels true um Okay, well, my battery's actually going to die pretty soon. <laughs> okay. So I think this is a good time to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Would you beam this movie up? Uh, I mean, in COVID-19 times, it's a difficult question. I would, I would say no. No, no. Yeah, I, I would say. I mean, it, it's like, I think we're really in trouble if we're beaming up this movie. It's it, <laughs> right. Not to say it's not good. Um. You know, but we were already we were already sort of questioning ourselves with Ford v Ferrari, right? <laughs> and uh, and this is like no, I mean it's a it's a fun it's a good action movie, but no way is it. It's not a like it's not this it's not like this really special movie right. that needs to be beamed. Right, up. right, right. Well, whether whether it will prove to in de facto be one of the highlights of 2020, just because every other movie's canceled, I guess time will tell. Separate question, I suppose. We can always yeah. beam it up to them later. We can do a mea culpa and say like, 2020 was a rough year. Here's extraction. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's a movie. Right. Here's the movie that came out. Here's this a year. movie that exists. You're welcome. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that does it. Yep. Another another epic episode from from us yeah uh thanks for listening that was extraction i'm dan i'm adam bye goodbye